0: The Denver Broncos face a short turnaround this week as they prepare for Saturday's matchup in primetime against the Detroit Lions. We'll take a look at what they have to do on offense and defense in order to come away with the victory. You're going to get that preview and much more on today's brand-new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network,
1: your team every day.
0: It is Detroit Lions week here as the Broncos shift their focus in preparation for Saturday's matchup against Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, and a wide variety of different players who could have an impact against Denver's playoff hopes. We'll break it all down in today's brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day, every single day. And a special shout out to all the everydayers out there in Broncos country. Just a reminder, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So please do us a favor, hit that subscribe or that follow button if you're not done so already, so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, and more every single day. All year long. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit slash locked on to get started. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos, reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. The Detroit Lions. Now, they're not coming to town. Denver's coming to town in the Motor City for a showdown with the MCDC. Dan Campbell led Detroit Lions, who have obviously been a very good story. I think when you look at this 2023 Broncos team, you look at the 2022 Detroit Lions, there are a lot of similar parallels in terms of their stories, their struggles, and a little bit of a rise here. Now, ultimately, that led to the Detroit Lions last year going 9-8, and missing out on the playoffs. Denver has a chance here to maybe change it, though, and go out and get a playoff berth here. But they're going to have to win, obviously, on Saturday. It'll help them in a major, major way with three AFC games remaining after that here. So Sunday, um, sunday not Sunday, Saturday's game, Sarah. It's massive.
1: It is. I mean, with a win, the Broncos playoff odds could jump back over 60% again. I know that was kind of the case going into that Houston game and hopes were dashed a little bit after that Houston game. But look, when you win in the NFL, good things happen for you. You're able to kind of control your own destiny in a way. And so I think to put yourself in that position, although – Detroit is not an AFC opponent to win this game and get those playoff odds up potentially over 60%. That would be a huge, huge help going into those final three games of the season. But this Detroit team, they started off white hot. Every Broncos fan was an honorable Detroit Lions fan in the very first game of the year. Remember they opened up the season against the Kansas City Chiefs and got that victory. They went on the road and Kansas City got a win and Everybody seems to like rooting for this Detroit Lions team. Cody, of course, nobody else in the NFC North really cares that they're having fun and having success. But I think everyone outside of the NFC North has been watching the lions with a lot of intrigue this year because of that coaching job that dan campbell has been doing unfortunately now for detroit they've met a bit of adversity over the last month this team was red hot in the first half of the season and since their bye week they've had a lot of struggles they have not been playing nearly as good of football lately as we saw in the first half of the season where it felt like, man, they, they were really close to only losing one game before their bye week They had an overtime loss against Seattle. Like they were playing dominant, dominant football, but the last month has told a vastly different story. And this team is kind of reeling right now.
0: It's been a little interesting. And it started off with that Thanksgiving loss to the green Bay Packers, which made the Broncos win against green Bay a little bit more spicy. And look, if Denver wins on Saturday, They'll swept the entire NFC North Division. So that's a good mark on their record. We talk also about like. I know yesterday's show, we dove deep into Denver being one game out of the AFC West. Right now, in terms of their wins, they've got more wins against tougher opponents than the Chiefs have. And that gives them the strength of schedule advantage when we talk about in terms of their win percentage there. But, you know, I agree. I I don't know what's going on with the Detroit Lions. I know Aaron Glenn, their defensive coordinator, who the Broncos at one point interviewed for their vacant head coaching job before. If I'm not mistaken, was it before Sean Payton or was it before Hackett? I remember he was in one of those searches there. I'm not sure if it was this past year. Okay, so it was the Hackett year. So yeah, um, their defense—they have talent. Like they have talent on the defensive side of the ball, but they're struggling as of late. You you know mentioned it here—they're allowing over uh, close to thirty points per game since their bye week. You know, so over the course of the last five weeks, they allowed twenty eight points to the Chicago Bears this past Sunday in a game where they lost twenty eight. To thirteen, And look, this was a game too. This was on the early morning game. So I had a chance to sit down and watch it. And Sarah, to be honest with you, it looked very weird to see Detroit start out the way they did. I don't know if Chicago all of a sudden just found new life. Justin Fields is playing really good football. They're just capitalizing here. But that Detroit defense made some mistakes. They jumped on a fourth down play. I think it was fourth and 13. It was a free play. And then obviously Justin Fields connected with, for a wide open touchdown with a wide receiver to give them an extended lead in this game. Chicago got up early on 10 nothing against them, but they had three turnovers in this game. They had eight penalties go against them and they were six of 15 on third down, which is 40%. They went for it on fourth down quite a bit yesterday show. kind of alluded to it. Third down for them is like second down fourth down to them is like third down. Well, on fourth down, they were one of five in Sunday's loss where they just simply just couldn't swing back against the Chicago Bears. But I will say the one area where they did well in this game in particular, and it's going to have to be something that Denver keeps an eye on here, they had 140 yards rushing on the ground. They have a really good offensive line, as we've known. Obviously, Frank Ragnow has been injured for them. We'll see if he's back in the mix for them this week. But 140 yards on the ground, that is the strength of their offense right now. And Denver's going to have to, see, have to find a way to counteract that. Um, but I think there's a formula here, right? Looking at Detroit, I see a lot of things that the Broncos can do here against the Lions on the road to potentially get another victory and play spoils to where the Lions are at and contribute to the struggles that they're already going through.
1: Yeah, they've given up a lot through the air. I mean, we, you talked about that the Justin Fields, the DJ Moore connection was on point this past week, and they actually almost lost two games to the Bears within a couple weeks time. If memory serves, they had to complete kind of a miraculous comeback in the fourth quarter to beat Chicago in Detroit. So They've, they've given up a lot uh, against the Packers. I mean, I think we were all kind of shocked to, to, to see Green Bay spreading the ball around, kind of just picking their spots against that Detroit defense. But what's really been a difference over the last month, I would say, Cody, is turning the ball over quite a bit more. They do have a victory against the New Orleans Saints in the last four weeks. But other than that, including that, that game against the Chicago Bears that I alluded to, 10 turnovers in the last four games for this Detroit offense, which, I mean, they're coming in bunches. They had three turnovers this past Sunday against Chicago. They had three turnovers on Thanksgiving and four turnovers against the Bears before that. So a lot of turnovers, a lot of sloppy play. Like you said, they're not connecting on all their fourth downs. I know Dan Campbell loves to do that, even when he's in opponent territory, like even when he's pinned deep. They go for it on fourth down. That's just kind of who they are. It's a very, very interesting skid that the Lions are on right now. So you kind of feel like at, at any point in time, yes, that dominant offense could show back up and they can score 40 at any time. That's that's kind of who the Lions have become. But also, it kind of feels like the Broncos may be catching them at a really good time.
0: Well, not to mention Jared Goff was sacked four times this past week. And, Denver's going to have an opportunity to dial up some pressure. There's some things we'll look at here, but what does Denver's offense have to do this week against the Detroit Lions defense? That's something that Sarah and myself, we're going to dive deep into here on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos podcast is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook, as you all know. And as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers to stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers, they can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning, $5 money line bet. If you put $5 on the Tennessee Titans to win against the uh, the Miami Dolphins on Monday night football on the money line, well, you woke up with $150 in bonus bets. I don't know how many people actually had that happen, but it is one of those things that you can get on the action on at FanDuel Sportsbook. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now with the NFL season approaching playoff time, the NBA season and NHL season in full effect FanDuel is the place to be. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads. Where the Denver Broncos, in this week's matchup against the Detroit Lions on Saturday, are four-and-a-half-point road underdogs. Can the Broncos go out on top as road dogs? We'll see if they can do it here once again. They have player props. They have over-unders and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Once again, FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL.
1: It's got to be touchdowns, not field goals. If the Denver Broncos offense wants to beat the Detroit Lions this weekend, we're going to break down what exactly the offense has to do well in order to come away with their eighth win of the season this year. But we want to say thank you and give a shout out to all of you that make Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Every single day, wherever and however you choose to listen to podcasts, you know the show is always free and available however you do that, as well as you can watch the show on YouTube where you can interact with other members of Broncos Country in the comment section. And we appreciate every single one of you that takes the time to do that, to like the show, subscribe, and do all of those different things that make the show what it is. So we appreciate every single one of you tuning in right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Cody, the offense for the Denver Broncos, I mean, uh, against a team like Detroit that can score points in bunches, you got to expect that you're maybe not going to be able to win this game by scoring only 17 points or something like that. It's going to be the potential of a shootout or the potential of explosive offense at any point coming from Detroit's side. But what does the Broncos offense have to do against this Detroit defense, in your opinion, in order to come away with a win?
0: I think a big thing, and and look, this is something I think every week when you play against a very good defense, I mean, look, their defense is struggling. They're allowing points, but they're still very good. They're still very good players. I think pass rush is probably one of the biggest things you have to have your eye on. Now, for me, okay, well, who is Denver facing this week? They're facing Aiden Hutchinson, who's got an unbelievable motor. I mean, Sarah, when you watch this guy play, he is constantly just relentless effort. I, I don't like saying that he's going to be a comparison to J.J. Watt, but when you watch a guy with a high motor, and the power and the physicality, Aiden Hutchinson is very damn good. And he's got a really good strong arm on a bull rush that he can do, that he sometimes tries to catch offensive tackles with the way that they create some stunt designs, allow him to get inside the tackle or the guard. And especially if there's a miscommunication between the guard, look, if Quinn Miners is unable to play this week, they may try to exploit Luke Wattenberg, who doesn't have a lot of NFL experience. They might try to get the Broncos to have some miscommunication issues on the offensive line. Aiden Hutchinson is the most dangerous man. Now granted Denver just faced Khalil Mack, who is the NFL sack leader. Hutchinson obviously had a sack last week. He's, while the defense is struggling, he's still a very dominant player against the run. He's a pressure creator. And I think Denver's game plan from a protection standpoint this week is going to have to be very similar. And also, i got to give a shout out to Alex Anzaloni. I mean, at the linebacker position for Detroit, this is a guy who, when I watch him on tape, he is a high motor, relentless player. They love to send him on pressure looks as well. He's good against the run. He's another player that the Broncos are going to have to account for here in this game. On Sunday, I think protecting against the pass rush is probably going to be the most important thing, in my opinion here, for what Denver has to do to control what Detroit is trying to do. That's one of my bigger things. What do you have in mind?
1: Well, I think it's it's a great point that you call out there and the Broncos have had some success in terms of, especially I think after that first game of the season where Max Crosby was such a problem, you know, you go back to the drawing board and you kind of figure out hey, what do we have to do against teams that have such a good individual edge player. And in recent weeks, you know, we've seen the Broncos do well against Cleveland Browns and Miles Garrett. We saw them do exceptionally well on Sunday as well, going up against Khalil Mack and the Chargers. So Maybe Aiden Hutchinson is going to be in for a similar kind of game plan. I think that's, you know, for the Broncos, you've got to play mistake-free football. Like The Lions have lost two of their last three games. The common denominator in those two games is that, well, number one, their offense was turning the ball over. But number two, they didn't force any turnovers either. So not only are you losing the turnover battle, you're not even creating any opportunities for the offense. You're not helping them out at all defensively so they've given up 29 and a half points per or 29.8 points per game since their bye week cody which is over the last five weeks so they're on a bit of a streak here of the defense being susceptible but like you said when you have talent like that on that side of the ball you can't necessarily bank on them being the worst version of themselves you have to assume that they're going to be the best version of themselves rushing the passer playing fast causing problems for your offense. But look, this is a team where the Broncos, they need to take advantage. I said it at the beginning of this segment. Touchdowns, not field goals. The Lions rank 29th in the NFL in red zone percentage. That is a clear area the Broncos have to cash in, Cody. When they have good sustained drives, you've got to find ways to punch the ball in and not have to settle for field goals instead of touchdowns.
0: I'll go the cliche route here on today's episode of Shaw. I'll say, uh, you know, I think another thing is Denver's third down area of emphasis needs to continue to improve. You know, they they didn't get off to a great start against the Chargers, but then they were able to kind of balance it out in the fourth quarter, obviously, with a great last drive can Denver be more consistent going forward here on third down. I think that's a big thing that we need to keep an eye on. Now, when I look at the overall stats from when Detroit played the Chicago bears this past week, and you look at Chicago on third down, they converted at a rate of six of 14. So, I mean, it wasn't as great as where you're looking at in terms of where the Detroit lions were at in terms of statistics. Um, The Chicago went for it on fourth down twice. They, they were one of two, which is 50%. So they had a 43% on third down there. And I think more importantly for Denver this week, especially being on the road is when you do get in these third down situations. And I thought against the Houston Texans, they did a pretty good job of this, even though they went 0 for 11, they were third and manageable. They weren't like third and long where it'd be different. If we were talking about Denver had faced consistent third and tens, third and eights, Denver was in third and twos, third and threes, third and fours. So I think part of it's going to have to be where Denver has to be a little bit more efficient as cliche as it is. What does that look like? Well, I mean, the reality is Denver goes back to the struggles we've talked about with them. Be, you know, ha- having a little bit of inconsistency running the football to the outside. I think there are times where the, everybody anticipates they're going to run the ball inside on third down. Like teams think that, but they play good edge contain. And so when Denver does go to the outside, safeties and nickels and your corners, they come up and they, they find a way to make a play and they, they stop the Broncos short of the sticks. Now, they can't do that going forward. Detroit... They're dangerous right now, in my opinion. They got their backs against the wall, and that defense, they're going to try to unload some pressure after Russell Wilson in this offense, and they're going to try to shut down the run here. But I think Denver's going to have to make the most of their opportunities on third down. And heck, you know what? It'd be great if you didn't find yourself in a position where you had 15, 16 third down attempts. Can Denver be efficient overall in this game is my biggest question, especially in that department where that's been a little bit of a concern for them over the course of the last few weeks.
1: Yeah. And you don't necessarily want to see them be conservative to the point of being like, hey, we're we're afraid to lose this game. Right. But you need 100%. to see them play really smart. Right. They have to play smart. You kind of have to when you're playing against Detroit. And I've watched a lot of their games this year, Cody, because like I said, I'm very intrigued by this team you kind of have to match their aggressiveness in a way without being reckless, right? Because Detroit is aggressive to the point of, hey, that can get us into trouble sometimes, but it's our identity, it's who we are, we kind of live with the results and the results have been mostly good. But teams that are going up against Detroit, you kind of have to match that aggressiveness without being reckless, right? And so I think that's where the Broncos kind of find themselves. The Broncos win when they're conservative, they win when they're playing ball control, they win when they're running the ball well, you have to kind of find ways to mix in the best versions like we've seen when the Broncos are able to attack the ball downfield. Having a lot of success with that. I know not every pass has been reeled in, but they're having a lot of success attacking downfield. Keep that aggressiveness, but also be calculated with it. you got to match Detroit's aggressiveness to a degree, but without being reckless.
0: Uh, balance and everything because the NFL has played at such a high rate of speed and things change at, you know, at any given moment. It's always easier to evaluate it after the fact, right? But I think that's the beauty of football is that everything happens in real time. It happens. There's no thinking about it. It's just, this is our play. We are either going to hear Russell Wilson say, kill, 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 and they're going to do something else. But the reality is you're going to see the results there and the whole process of how this game is played between offenses and defenses. It's exciting. It's something I don't think a lot of people understand, but that's why we tune in every single weekend, whether it's going to be this Saturday night when Denver takes on the lions or whether when it's Denver plays on Sundays. There's a lot at stake here for this Broncos team in this matchup here and the offense is going to have to play big in this matchup in order to come out with a victory here on Saturday. I keep wanting to say Sunday. It's Saturday night, 6.15 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff on NFL Network. You can also get it locally on local channels if you are in the Denver area. Plus, you can always expect a lockdown Broncos post-game report courtesy of Sarah Bettinger and myself, one thing we are going to dive deep into, though, what does the Broncos defense need to do against Jared Goff, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and the two headed monsters that they have at the running back position? We'll dive deeper into that here on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos podcast is brought to you by our friends over there at Price Picks. And as you all know, it Price Picks is daily fantasy sports done right. They make it easy to get involved. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you Against the numbers here, Prize Picks is the most fun that I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and then you place your entry. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It was a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. You want to play alongside a Price Picks favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schulz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Price Picks community each week. Go to pricepicks.com/lockedonNFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to pricepicks.com/lockedonNFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Locked on Broncos, free and available everywhere you get your podcast or if you're watching us on YouTube. We just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be an everyday listener or if you make us your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much. Everybody in Broncos country, you make the show exactly what it is. And we're very thankful for the community that some of you have helped us build here on the podcast. So we're super grateful for you. Aside from all that there, the Broncos defense, they're going to have their hands full a little bit this week against the Detroit Lions offense led by Jared Goff, Amon Ross St. Brown, and a two-headed rushing attack that is very, very good and explosive and can change the course of a game at any given moment. The Broncos defense, what do they have to do, Sarah, on Saturday against the Detroit Lions in order to have the best chance to win here?
1: Well, I think it starts with stopping that run, right? Obviously, that's one of the strengths of this Detroit Lions offense. And it's not one-dimensional by any means. They they can attack you in a variety of different ways, but, man, when they are running the ball well and when teams in general are running the ball well against the Denver Broncos, it's been bad news for this team. Like The Broncos have not had a ton of games where you can point to this season as having a lot of success defending against the run. Now, I think Houston was an example where they did pretty Pretty solid against the run but uh, other than that I mean Cody even amidst that winning streak I mean the the Bills game stands out as one to me where the their ability to run the ball almost cost the Broncos the game same with that Vikings game you could look at any number of games that the Broncos have played this season to where the running game has absolutely gashed them so they are going to have to make sure they're not missing tackles. They're going to make sure they're not over-pursuing. They're going to have to make sure they're taking the right angles and and that they're getting a push at the line of scrimmage. Mike Purcell has had a few really good games in a row. I know we don't get a chance to highlight him a lot on this show, but I think he's been really key the last couple weeks to the Broncos being able to force teams to throw the ball. He's getting a good push up the middle of the field, but I think it starts with... Stopping the run as much as you possibly can, making sure that the Lions I mean, I know they can throw it, but you want the ball in Jared Goff's hands in this game.
0: And I think that's where our next key kind of comes up big here for Denver. I think the key, as we said, he was sacked four times this past week. You have to pressure Jared Goff, he's going to be one of the least mobile quarterbacks that the Broncos face this upcoming week and that they've faced so far this season. And look, we we talked about how hard it was going into that Chargers game. Justin Herbert, one of the least sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. Denver was able to get four sacks on him in the first quarter. So I'm very curious, playing against a non-mobile quarterback like Goff, what is Denver's plan? What is Vance Joseph planning? Because we know he's going to send pressure. He's going to send looks, but it's it's been calculated as of late in terms of how they're sending it. And Denver's been able to uphold. I mean, I don't even think people realize on the P.J. Locke sack on fourth and 19. They also blitzed Patrick Sertan at the cornerback spot, too, on that very play. I don't know if a lot of people caught that. So for me, it's OK. Denver's coming off for performance defensively against Easton Stick, Justin Herbert, where they accumulated six sacks by six different players going to have to do that here once again on the road indoors against jared goff and them now look maybe you can make an argument for the detroit lions they played in cold not so favorable positions last week against chicago did that have anything to do with it maybe maybe not we know this for a fact the detroit lions offensive line it's pretty dang good even without frank ragno they have good players former bronco graham glasgow you have panay sewell who's obviously an impact player for them it's it's a line that is built to sustain, to protect, and also to run the football as effectively as they do. And if Denver is able to take away or limit the explosiveness in the run game between David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, who combined for 132 yards, both of them, I think one had 11 carries for 66 yards, one had 10 carries for 66 yards in Sunday's game against the Lions. If you can kind of eliminate that threat and prohibit them from rushing for more than 120 yards in this game combined, Denver is going to have a really good chance to ramp up the pressure there on Jared Goff, which as we know, as of late, they've turned the ball over. You mentioned 10 times. And I think in the last four games that will lead to Jared Goff, trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly, which could lead to guys making plays in the secondary here for the Broncos. That's going to be a huge key for them, but they also have explosive players at wide receiver. And once again, they have balance across the board with Amon Ross St. Brown. Josh Reynolds is having a good year for them. Sam Laporta is a legitimate threat at the tight end position for the Detroit Lions. And then they even have Donovan Peoples Jones and former Bronco Khalif Raymond, who's not only a threat in terms of speed inside the slot, he's also a threat in the return game that Denver's going to have to account for. Limiting the explosives is going to be very key this week here for Denver's defense.
1: And this is where the chess match really comes into play because it's not just that these guys are getting open on scramble drill all the time and Jared Goff sitting back there knitting sweaters behind that O line and just allowing them to get open. What's happening is that Ben Johnson does a great job of designing plays to get all these guys explosives. He he does a great job of involving them at different times in the game. And Jared Goff does a good job going through his progressions and making sure that you know, he is hitting the open guy for the most part, right? We know he struggled a little bit lately, but for the most part, he's been good at that and allowing those playmakers to go and make plays. That's why the Broncos coverage unit is going to have to be on point in this game. And Vance Joseph, the the film study, the, the scheme, the plan, it's going to have to be on point as well i mean for lack of a better term there you're going to have to make sure that you find ways to cause jared goff to be confused immediately at the snap like why is my primary read not there and and then when he tries to get out of the pocket that's where you've won as a defensive coordinator because if jared goff is having to escape if he's having to try to avoid pressure you've already won because you've taken away his primary read and you've probably taken away his secondary read and you're forcing him to have to make a play and if jared goff has to go make plays cody that's where i think that the lions can get themselves into a lot of trouble because he's not a playmaking quarterback to me he's an unscheduled quarterback and there's nothing wrong with that he's made Made a great living off of it and he's helped the lions be really good from it but if you force him to have to make plays i think it plays into denver's defensive favor
0: Oh, we're eager to see how the Broncos find a way to get after and create pressure on Goff here this Saturday in Broncos country. We want to know what you think the Broncos defense needs to do here in this game on Saturday against the Lions in order to have the best chance to win. If you're watching on YouTube, drop it in the comments. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you send us a blurb on social media at Cody Rourke NFL at Sarah Bettinger at Lockdown Broncos. But that'll wrap up today's episode of the show here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. For all you everydayers out there, one thing you can expect for tomorrow's episode of the show, Sarah's going to sit down with the Locked On Lions host to break down Saturday's primetime action, 6.15 p.m. Mountain Time on the NFL Network. You can expect that on tomorrow's episode of the show.